0: today on the Zabecast the man the myth the legend the man who does the most detailed scouting breakdowns and film breakdowns in the industry Christopher Ken Cooley we'll talk NFL offseason the big 5 quarterbacks in the draft Zoolander and more all that plus the FBI's college basketball prosecution already starting to blow a gasket you got 45 minutes to kill then buckle up and let's go <laughs> here we go Thursday, April 5th, 2018, thank you for downloading, thank you for your ears. Did I tell you or did I tell you that the Masters Part 3 was pure, unadulterated magic, and it delivered yet again. The Hole-in-One by Jack Nicklaus's grandson, GT, they didn't really say what that stood for. Yeah, because he drives a Ford GT and drives like crazy. His grandson with a hole-in-one in in a jumpsuit as a caddy for Grandpa. On number nine was the stuff of legend, of myth. Like, you can't script this stuff. If you did, you'd be accused of being an absurd, ridiculous, unrealistic, hopeless romantic. Yeah, but they put the pins at the bottom of these slopes and they all feed... Hey, tell it to your uncle. I don't want to hear it. He still had to hit the shot. It still had to land just perfectly, and it still had to go in the hole, and it did. That moment with him high-fiving approximately, I think someone counted, 35 major championships on the tee box between Grandpa, Gary Player, Tom Watson. With Player on camera, uh, you could hear him mic'd up saying, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be, you are going to like that one. you are got to like that one. And then, you know, everyone high-five and hug and Nicholas with tears in his eyes, just like the line from Bill Murray and Caddyshack, tears in his eyes, I guess. All of that live on ESPN. It's incredible, man. It's unbelievable. That and the dreaded Wednesday Masters injury has struck again as Tony Finau took a gruesome tumble, running backwards while celebrating his own hole-in-one with his Either kids or cousins looking, his nephews looking on. Some little whippersnappers wearing a on their jumpsuits. He is going to try to play today on Thursday. Let's hope he gets through the round. It's a very difficult walk, Augusta National. Extremely hilly. And on a formerly dislocated ankle just less than 24 hours ago, I, I can't imagine it, but we shall see. Before we get to a very special Zabecast guest today, my former radio co-host Chris Cooley, who will talk about his in-depth film breakdowns, not to mention the NFL Combine, his own ingenuity when it comes to jerry-rigging things. Uh, he'll also give me his thumbnail thoughts on all of the first-round quarterback prospects, the big five, as they will probably roll out come the end of April. Before all that, let me just run this idea out there, and I'll have to give credit to to this concept to one Patrick Maher of the Rap on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. I believe the show is seven to ten. Maybe it's ten to two. It's, you know, I catch it sort of late at night driving home sometimes. He's, he's good. I enjoy his show. Maher said, okay, so what's going on with the Patriots here with this latest trade of Brandon Cooks? It's a bit of a head scratcher, you know? But they now have two ones and two twos in the upcoming draft. They're missing the Patriots, I believe, a third and a fourth. Don't quote me on that, but they, there's a gap in their usual lineup of picks, but they've got some picks later on, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Point is, they've got assets. They've got four picks now in the first two rounds, which is pretty good for a team that just went to the Super Bowl and lost. But look what they've lost so far. They've lost Tom Brady's left tackle, his you know blindside protector, Nate Solder. They've lost their most versatile running back in Deion Lewis. They said goodbye to cornerback Malcolm Butler. They let Danny Amendola walk. Brandon Cooks has now been traded. The wide receivers, Tom Brady, is being told, okay, well, you'll figure it out. You're smart. Go ahead, work with these guys. He's going to have Edelman coming off reconstructive knee surgery. Hogan. Cordero L. Patterson, who they traded for, and I don't think even they can turn into a every-down, reliable wide receiver. Kenny Britt. And a bunch of other guys. I mean, it's a scrubs breakfast of wideouts that Brady is going to once again have to make a decent meal out of. Now, you'll say, but this is what he has done. This is what Brady is good at. He doesn't need stars. He'll do it again. Maybe. Or maybe this is the year in which he finally says, I can't, I can't work with any of them. Like, what can I do with these guys? On top of all that, Gronk is definitely not happy. Because Belichick is apparently on an absolute tear. So here's the big theory, and I you know, Patrick Maher hinted at this and I kind of fleshed it out further as I thought about it. I think it's not a terrible idea. Big theory goes like this. Brady goes to craft late last year and says, look, I'm tired of all this Garoppolo shit. Get his ass out of here. I'm going to play to 45. i got this guru trainer that you've now kicked out of the facility who's kept me this good this late in my career when nobody thought I would be. And I'm going to play to 45, okay? So get Garoppolo out of here. I don't want to hear anything about should we pay him? How When is he going to take over for me? Out. I want him out. Belichick, you know, then gets the word from Kraft, you know, hey, Brady, Brady really wants me to move Garoppolo. And Belichick throws a fit. He's like, no, what the fuck? We're moving on from Brady. He ain't playing to 45. He's crazy. That trainer of his is a quack. This is probably his last good year. Garoppolo is really good, and I'm going to make him even better. It's time to get into the Garoppolo business. And Kraft apparently sides with Brady and decides, sorry, uh, Coach Bill, but we're going to move Garoppolo for a single number two pick. Belichick is pissed. Throws a fit and says, okay, all right, that's how it's going to be. And by the way, Kraft, you know, loyal to Brady, you can understand if it really came down to that, would favor a player over a coach. It's sort of like bros over hoes, players over coaches when it comes to legends in the sport. I think that's always been the way it's been. But Belichick is pissed, and so he then says to Kraft after that trade, he says, look, look here, motherfucker. I am running this team. And I am going to run it the way I want to, and you're going to like it. And Tom's going to like it. Otherwise, you can fire me, and we'll see how that works out for you. And then Kraft kind of, okay, fair enough. Something that Kraft had to deal. You know, what was he going to do? His his quarterback and his coach were at odds. Okay, so after losing the Super Bowl. Belichick has been on an absolute miserable tear. That's why you're hearing all these stories about how unhappy Gronk is. In addition to the fact that you know Gronk just wants to be Gronk. And then you see all the departures via free agency. And I'm not saying that Bill Belichick is openly sabotaging his team, but I think Bill Belichick might be saying with these moves, hey, you know what, the next year could be a really rough year. Next year could be the year that we go 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, by the way, I'm not betting against that. I'm already penciling in even these Patriots with these scrubbing wide receivers and Edelman uh, for 11 wins. I'm penciling them in 11-5 and five for the Patriots. But maybe Belichick is saying, you know what? Next year might be a bit of a transition year. Maybe next year we take a small step back because if my quarterback here says he's playing for five more years, i got to restock the cupboard around him. Uh, and so we need assets. We need picks. We, we can't afford to pay all these guys are good players. Nate Soldier's good. Deion Lewis is good. Butler's good. Amadola's good. Cooks is good. We're not paying any of these guys. We'll get some other guys. And if Brady's like, Ooh, "Well, I kind of wanted to keep winning, like right now," well, no, no, no. We're we're taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a breather here. A little bit of a rebuild. And if you don't like it, well, too bad. You're lucky to be here, because I was ready to move on. Your owner had your back, and your owner, by the way. Keeps wanting me to talk to him in his office about, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And every time I see the owner, I say, I'm the captain now. So we may not be great this year, but guess what? I'm going to plan to outlast all y'all. So sit back and shut up, and let me go back to coaching. I don't know. It's just a theory. Interesting dynamic. We'll see what more shakes out in New England. Some of my favorite coolie stories. First of all, do you miss me? I do miss you. I miss you too, buddy. Second of all, do you call me a friend? I do. See, now, I like to think that you're my friend as well, and I'm your friend. And I'll tell you the most touching moment that I ever had with you in the... How many years do we broadcast, me, you, and Galdi? Like, almost three. Almost three, two and a half, something like that. This was... Uh, this was at training camp in Richmond, and we were about five minutes from going on the air. And this meant a lot to me. You had an emergency that came up at your house that I won't go into detail about, but it was, a, it was like a real crisis at the moment. And you came to me in the circle of trust asking for help with this particular crisis – and I was so touched and moved that you would involve me in this, and that you would be like, "Can you help me out on this?" And I was like, "Racking my brain, going, well, uh, yeah, uh, maybe, whatever." But I walked away from that, going, "Damn it, Cooley really does see me as a friend because he came to me for help. Of course, I couldn't help you." With so that what? I, what I
1: like about our friendship, and
0: this is this is really true.
1: It's really genuine. Is some people feel like they have to call or text? Like you feel like. There are people in you your life. You're like, how are you I doing today? Right, right, right. The false sentiment, right? Like, or, or I have to say, like, hey, you, you had a really funny bit on your show, and I really liked that. And right. I Keep still really like corners listening. into the friendship. Yeah, and it's right. like, when we see each other, can we just be friends? We don't need to talk <laughs> on the phone that often. Like every once in a while, if you think of something or yeah. something happens, you shoot me a text or say what's up. But I hate the false friendship. Do you remember
0: the crisis I was talking about? Uh-uh. You don't. I'll tell you oh you know when we're done I'll tell you. Okay, cuz it was a family crisis. Yeah, well it was I'm just, sure
1: it was not that big of a It day. wasn't
0: it you know it was a cr- air quote crisis. But it was like, "Oh shoot, I oh shit. I got to deal with this. Do you know what I could do?" I this like pickup? how
1: you have to correct yourself from saying shoot because this is your podcast where you can say
0: shit. shit. I know exactly. Well, cut the shoot out. Cut the shoot off. The favorite story you ever gave me and boy, this one absolutely floors people when I tell them on the golf course. It's hilarious. It's the kiln electrical motor or electrical starter with the extension cord through the woods to your old house
1: yeah you could never envision yourself doing something like this could you even if i know it's pottery it's the most you could never envision this
0: and and just the the 30 second story cooley who does pottery uh, if you don't know has a big kiln which is the size of like a shed right 10 foot by 8 foot Yeah, something like that. Like a a small small tool shed. shed, And you put the pots in there and you have to fire it up super hot. And you've got an electrical starter to get the heat going. And the starter wasn't working and you couldn't figure out why. You had just bought a new house that your mom lives in now through the woods about 100 yards. It's a 100-yard walk.
1: If you drive down the driveway and out and around, okay. you got to drive down. But a good amount
0: of a good amount of ways, about three hundred yards. And Cooley couldn't get electrical to the shed at his new house, so he ran extension cords over a hundred yards, which is like three hundred feet, which is way beyond any electrical recommendation of running. You know, consumer. It took, extension. It, it took. Cords. It took four cords. Right. And so you go to your old house, which you still had, and you plug it in uh, outside under the deck. You go back to the kiln. You go to start it up. You go to adjust the gas on it. And as soon as you touch the knob, and you get this bolt. Oh, it was was live. Super live and electrical. And you're like, wow, that was bad. I wonder what that was. You then retraced your steps through the woods at night because you were on deadline with these pots to try to find out what's going on. And you found the problem, which was. The extension cords had dipped into your swimming pool at the old house. Well, kind of making it a sort of dangerous situation.
1: Take it back a step. Classic. Let cord. me take it back a step make it even worse. <laughs> First of all, you know me, so you know I'm rushed, right? It's, it's, for, it's for the gallery. I got Christmas stuff. I got right? things, like orders. I got to get in there. This st- had it, to be done. It, it's super rushed. Yes. So the entire kiln is metal. And I turn it on, and I run it through the night, and i 'm over there, and anywhere you touch it 's life like
0: ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is <laughs> electrified. <laughs> It's so like I, let one, I let it. Heat it's like up. a human bug, yeah, so, bug zapper. So you basically in the woods. you
1: let it preheat through the night, and I'm like, well, it's working. I don't know why it's live, but it's working. The kiln runs on propane. It's just the electrical right. elements have to be working for the kiln to actually function. Sure. So it's. I mean, it's not really affecting the heat of the kiln or anything. So I let it run through the night. I turn it on in the morning, and I go over to my mom's house, and I'm like, hey, um, I need you to turn the gas up at about 10 o'clock. I was going to a game to call a Redskins game. It was a home game. Said so oh, I need geez. you to call the gas up, but don't touch anything but the gas knob because the kiln is super electric. You <laughs> <So laughs> so had like, your mom actually yeah. touch the human bug. So valve. I haven't retraced my steps yet. Oh, so I, g- I get a text like at, at three o'clock. Hey, I went down to turn gas back up again. It's off. Oh, what Jesus. the heck is going on? So I get home from the game. It's it's December. It's f- about 530 yeah. and, and it's dark. dark and the kiln's off. I'm like, what is going on? So I get this big flashlight and I'm walking back through the woods all the way. Like, oh, that's hooked up that's hooked up that's hooked up and I get all the way over and I I hadn't had I didn't have enough cords at the time to go around the pool so <laughs> you went through so it so I had to go across the pool which was fine until but it at dipped. some point it had gotten some well it had dipped early so it had gotten <laughs> some lag <laughs> and then it, it shorted the breaker like eight hours later. Once the gas started up, it shorted the breaker.
0: Oh Well, good. That's what breakers are supposed to do to keep your kiln from being a human uh, bug zapper and your pool from being a human bug zapper as well. But well, all, Long story short, it all, didn't work. all, 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 all well. was healthy, but long
1: story short, um, there's also another part of the process, which is a drying process, and some of my shelves were a little bit wet. So I ended up getting the, the kiln fired. That night, through the next, through that night, through the next morning, and I go and I unload the kiln the day later, and the shelves that had been wet didn't dry out enough, so they all crashed, and all the pots (laughs) were smashed. Well,
0: (laughs) that was bad, right? And and losing your keys while mowing the lawn on your two acre property, oh well. Leaving your wallet or you your phone your You lose your keys on your lawn, and you've already mowed it. you got to figure, as, lo- as long as I didn't mow them up, they got to be somewhere, <laughs> so you just start tracking where you mowed. <laughs> yeah, and how long did it take you to find them? Not long. You know what you need now? They have these tiles that you can attach to your keys and your phone and your wallet. No, you don't. Wow. Chris Cooley has the tile technology. So this has solved one of your big hassles in life, losing stuff, yes or no? Yeah. And you haven't lost the tile inside the wallet. You wouldn't believe how much. Is it on your phone? you have Find My iPhone? Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> fantastic.
1: I swear to you, this is, a, this is lucky. I'll just call it lucky. This hasn't been lost. This hasn't been lost. Nothing's been lost since I got the tiles.
0: I haven't had to use them. That is friggin' fantastic. So what are you doing in the offseason now? I mean, it's never the off season with the NFL. There's always stuff. I always see your breakdowns of potential free agent signings, and you do your due diligence on them, and it always makes me think, God, Cooley put in several hours on somebody, and we're not going to sign them. Do you feel like, shit, I just wasted a lot of time, or... You're like, no, it's good exercise. I got to scout. I feel like, shit, why don't I just
1: start a scouting service for myself because I'm evaluating all of these guys, and I'm putting together grades. So why don't I just get, like, maybe Galdi, who's really good at analytics and a bunch of numbers, and start to put together this little scouting service and say, hey, I'll provide scouting for all these guys. So I've compiled all these scouting reports from draft, from, from free agents for the last three or four years. I have a little bit of a body of work. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, how these things are put together, to some extent. Who is one of the early free agents? Like we say, <laughs> that this, is, this is how formal a lot of my things are. <laughs> I probably need to do- – I mean, I have hundreds of papers of Cooley has play
0: scouting reports. I mean, they just lay in the studio. Big uh, 15 by 25 uh, hard cardboard sheets with notes on them. The reason, nice the reason I, I do it, it that goes. way, though, is because if I type it up to
1: talk about it on the air, I, do, I just type. I don't think about it. I just type. And so right. then when I do it on the air, I, I don't. I can't even read my – I can read the notes, so but it's not. you're a visual guy that so wants if I, to see So as soon as I write
0: something down, I don't even really need to read the notes. I just know exactly what I'm thinking. I'm kind of the same way, that if I do write something down, my retention, memory-wise, is a lot better. Like, you did a big thing on Alan Robinson, who we didn't get within the first five minutes of free agency. We didn't even make an attempt at. No, but you were, like, so in on it. He you're was like, the You guy. know what? This guy's going to be good. Who cares about the knee injury? He's going to be healthy. We need this guy. Next thing you know, Bears sign Allen Robinson. I'm like, well, fuck. That was a lot of Well, they signed effort. Allen Robinson for not that much money. The thing I said about the knee injury is he's probably going to be at somewhat of a discount. He's the
1: only true one receiver in free agency, and that is a fact, and he was. He is the only true number one, can win anywhere, at any position across the board in free agency. And yeah. I think a lot of people said, well, he's an X. Like, you got to play him at X. And I guarantee you the Redskins said, well, Josh Dawson's our X. We need a Z. And so they signed Paul Richardson, who I don't hate. He's fast. He's got some stuff to right. him. He makes some incredible plays, which you saw in playoffs. Hadn't produced yet, though. Numbers but it's hard, And it's produced. also hard to say that guy with Russell Wilson. I, this is crazy because people are like, I love Russell Wilson. He's the guy. Well, I've been doing a show with you for, forever before that when I said, I don't like Russell Wilson at all. And people hate that. <laughs> but it's not function within a football system, and so when you evaluate receivers in Seattle's system, you're like, he's really good off schedule, but I would like to see what he could do on schedule. You don't see that with a guy like Richardson. Allen Robinson, on the other hand, plays all over the money. field, can break anybody off at right. any level, can run a hitch, can run a dig, can run a corner, can run a go, and he can high point a ball on a go. And the biggest criticism with with Robinson was, wasn't that fast anyway, what it would be without the knee. I don't care if he's that fast. Yeah. The biggest difference in route running is, how far can i separate from me to you i like think now vertical 5, feet. five to 10 five to 10 feet tops the rest it. of it is like i i, I want to get that that's all you be,
0: need in the nfl or you need half of that if you've got brady or yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, yeah and how can you stem your route to get to that
1: point like if right. you can set someone up to that point and then still stay at 75 80% yeah what can you do and i thought
0: allen robinson was great with that you know the uh the wilson thing's interesting when it comes to evaluating guys because he probably has the highest number of off-schedule plays in the league it's not even close And I'm not sure what that percentage is, but it's hard to evaluate actual football skill sets when everything is off. Because once you're off schedule and Wilson's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, which is great fun to watch and it's annoying as shit trying to chase him because he's impossible to tackle – it, nothing matters because receivers are just running willy-nilly. They're cutting the, grints, the grain, and they're just trying to get open. They're waving their arms. Do you see me? I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. Yeah,
1: but he, at, at times he looks like a center fielder who's picking up a ground ball while he's on the move, and then all of a sudden he's throw, like he, he's accurate off oh, schedule. Yeah? He can make plays off schedule, but the Seahawks can also be in second and
0: 22. Yeah. You know what? Th- them having to sell off all these assets, I'm so happy. Fuck those guys to the moon and I back. hate
1: those guys. I it's hate so cl- they- all of them. It starts with the Cowboys because it's the Cowboys. But for sure. me, it's the Seahawks Seattle. next. And maybe it's, maybe it's not fair because they beat us three times in the playoffs when I was playing.
0: But I hate Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. All right. So uh, on the on the football front, here's something else I've been dying to ask you about. This Gronk situation is interesting. You, like Gronk, tight end, who likes to have some fun, maybe not as much as Gronk, <laughs> Gronk is now according to reports chafing under the thumb of Bill Belichick. Do you buy all of this atmospheric reporting about this unhappiness? Absolutely. 100% you do. yes. I've
1: talked to guys that have come out of that organization. Like talked to Wes Welker who said, "Man, you walk down that hallway and if you played poorly, Bill won't lift his head up to look at you to say hello.
0: If you He played- won't even mumble a fuck you to acknowledge hey. that you exist." Hey. Go fuck yourself. That's fucking game over. Pro- Son of a bitch. Way to cost us another win. <laughs> you know, we could have covered the spread if you'd have made that play. Uh, but, who, was the, but, who was the Eagle player who said, you know what, I came from the Patriots, I respect them, but I'm glad that we won this way because this was more fun. I don't know who it is, but There's I actually. There's Eagle player who said that. I forget who it was. I,
1: I would actually use the Eagles comp this year to one of the. Reasons why they dislike what's going on in that organization. They beat the Patriots with fun. They still work hard under Peterson, right? But that type of system, wearing dog masks and pretending to be underdogs and having a blast, they beat the
0: they beat the Patriots with a backup quarterback. But it's an age old question: What comes first, winning or fun? Is 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 it you're having fun because you're winning? Because everyone likes winning, Cooley, or does having fun? lead to winning having too much fun leads to just being a jackass and not playing very well at all there has to be a balance there so anyway when it comes to gronk so you think he's really chafing under the draconian belichick regime and is seriously thinking about if i'm gonna have to be here for a couple more years plus he wants more money too plus he wants more money and the patriots
1: always want guys that are going to be team friendly guys Uh, did you see what he tweeted or put on instagram to amandola no like he had this nice message and then it said good luck uh, be lit, have fun, be happy, or get oh, lit, yeah. be fun, have fun, be happy. And in, in caps, he put fun and happy. Like, fun and happy yeah. were a massive message. And, yeah, I think there's something going on there. I think Brady was the rug that really tied the room together. And Brady had <laughs> all the basket. crap. He, he had all the crap this year with the team doctor. And Belichick saying, your team doctor can't attend these things anymore. We're going to do this this way. And I think when you have your best player, your star quarterback, yeah, buy in. Then the rest of the guys are going like, yeah, we got to buy in. Tom's buying in. We're doing this. And to some extent, I think there was some dysfunction with Tom and Bill this year. And now you're talking about the new age athlete who wants the constant, like, pat on the back or let's enjoy ourselves. Let's do the social media thing. Let's expand our brand, which I think is a little bit of crap anyways. But Bill's saying, squash. Who was the last guy
0: the Patriots paid of their own? Like, really said, okay, you're with us, and now we're going to pay you more money. It's almost like they'd never pay anybody. Richard Seymour, gone. Other guys, gone. Now, Cooks is the latest one. He Cooks was traded paid, to the Rams. For Traded to the Rams. So, who are they going to have a wide receiver next year? But it never, Amendola, it's, gone. It's,
1: it's never seemed to matter for Tom Edelman, Brady. Like Chris, Chris Hogan. Injury.
0: Hey, we'll play Edelman and Chris Hogan. A, a repaired Edelman at his age, because he's getting up there. And right. Hogan and Mystery Meat? Well, that's never seemed to matter for the Patriots, but because everyone's Bill Belichick the and the and the, and the culture
1: has always been the thing that tied them together. And the culture of you got to know everything all the time, like talking to receivers that played there. You see Belichick in the hall; he'll ask you what the guard's doing in the run scheme, the and s- if you can't tell him, right. then you're not getting you're, you're on the s li- You're on the shit list. <laughs> the shit list. And Bill
0: Bill's not going to talk to me for a week because I didn't know what the guard was doing. The sweetest Schadenfreude pie this coming football season would be the Patriots. Losing Brady for a good stretch like five or six games, okay? His miracle cures and his stupid avocado ice cream diet not helping him from getting his arm broken or something in a big hit. They go without him for about six games. They don't have a good backup because they got Hoyer, right? That's the new backup since they traded away uh, Garoppolo. They suck. The receivers aren't working out because they've overplayed their hand in that regard. Gronk is hurt again, and the Patriots limp home seven and nine. God, people would be delighted with it. See, that. I think it would be even better if Tom said, you're going to bring my doctor back into
1: the facility. The other guys weren't treated by him, and if you're not, I'm not going to come back until you do, and then he doesn't, and then they're <laughs> sitting there with Hoyer and whoever they draft, and the rest of the players are like, uh, we're not going to play for Bill. That would be delicious. That's not going to happen because that just doesn't happen no, in NFL know organizations.
0: Despite but- that fever dream, Cooley, I'm going to right now pencil in the pads for 11 wins. 11 and 5. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what they fucking do. It drives me crazy. What do you think of the, the – I'm going to go through the five major quarterbacks and just get your thumbnails on what you think of each of them, and I'll start in rough order of where they're expected to go. Sam Darnold, go. Sam Some- Oh, the, the, dra- the, the quarterback, draft quarterback. The draft quarterback, Sam Darnold. My scouting report on him is very square-faced. Don't trust his square face, and that's all my analysis.
1: I have a hard time trusting any SC guys at all in general. Not quarterbacks, every position. Running backs, they're, they're coddled, right? they're pampered. Loaded
0: stats, they look good whipping up on inferior they have the teams. Best.
1: They do have the best talent at SC almost every single year. Those right. California kids out of L.A., I mean, it's, it's easy pickings. I think Darnold's got something to him. Uh, consistency issues. He's thrown too many picks. Can he can he develop himself as a system quarterback on an NFL level? Will you build around Darnold? He's got an absolute chance. But Darnold is if he's the number one overall draft to go to like the Jets. Or, I mean, I don't know if he <laughs> well, fits the in the Jets are number one. I right know now. that, but if he's a, let's call him a top three or four pick, I think he could succeed with with being down a little bit
0: in like Denver. And you're not. I'm not. I'm not. You're high- not troubled by how square his face is. Look at that thing. I'm not going to lie. He's a fucking Lego, this guy. I mean, do you don't, trust a face like mm-mm. that? Because I don't. I just don't like your face. <laughs> is there anything you can do about that? Can you no. fix, Can you fix can your you face? Can you fix that? Well, I'll just take that into consideration. I'll just try to do my best. I'm, I'm not sure what you're trying to right. do there. I think
1: Darnold is a little bit of a risk. I, to some extent, I think... A lot of these guys are a risk in the first okay. five or six picks, but it's quarterback. All right, Josh Rosen, Rosen, Rosen,
0: Rosen, penis. Where the hell? Josh
1: Rosen goes from? to a coach that believes in Josh Rosen and that commits to him and that's super smart. Like Mora came out the other day and said, "Oh yeah, uh, he's a millennial. He's a he millennial. Needs to be
0: challenged. Otherwise, his mind will drift." Rosen's like, "I wasn't insulting him. I was complimenting him." Do you know what really? smart people in the '80s in football needed to be challenged? Do you know what smart people in the f-
1: in the '50s needed in general to be challenged? Do you know what smart people need? Challenged. Because like, your meetings are too boring, you're saying that he should be paying more attention? You
0: know what like, I'm seeing in, in Rose and I'm seeing Jay Cutler. Great slinger, risk taker, but a bit of a prick. I
1: think I see... In terms of bit of a prick, risk taker, slinger, more Aaron Rodgers, not pocket presence. But I think that if Josh Rosen went somewhere with some talent around him, with the team that believed in him, Mm -hmm. great dude. I would be concerned with lack of success in a poor organization that the locker room might not love Rosen. And then it becomes really hard to have fun and enjoy what you're doing. I think Rosen has some real skills, and I think he is really, really smart, but challenge him.
0: Okay, Josh Allen. He's my favorite of the draft.
1: And a Monster
0: lot of- arm. Monster arm. His agent says he can throw it ninety yards, which I don't know how practical that is, but whatever. I'll bet he could what throw it over the record a for throwing a football is. I thought seventy was the outer. Oh legs. no 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 no. When, when really. I
1: was playing, we did pump pass and kick pregame and I got to sixty
0: nine. Sixty nine. <laughs> no, I could throw it almost seventy yards. Shit. What's the longest air to catch pass in NFL history? Can't give you that stat. Don't know that stat. <laughs> but I'd like to know, wouldn't you? But you can see good quarterbacks.
1: Like, Allen can plant the, like step, drop, plant and throw, throw at 60 in the air. Like, I Aaron Rodgers on the Hail, Hail Mary. The, like, well, the
0: Hail Mary, I think, was a 65 yard moon ball. And so it, it wasn't like he was it wasn't a flat hop throw. stepping into it. Well, he kind of put his a lot in. it. Yeah, but it was I know he could throw it. Okay,
1: off balance. All right, so Josh Allen, Allen, the big
0: knock is you know percentage completion percentage is bad. I talked to Josh Allen at the combine for almost an hour. I got to sit with him in the combine. Now, and full think, disclosure, he's Coolie's dude. from Wyoming, or has a place in Wyoming. You're from Utah. Yeah, full disclosure, the West. You know you're biased. Allen's from Rocky Fresno. North. Or okay, just saying,
1: bumfuck California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ding! There's one of your f
1: bombs. Um, I think he commits to football. I think that he really he committed to going back to Wyoming last year, knowing that they had nobody, including no offensive line. And you have to you see this guy off schedule all the time. Because uh, he's teams, running for his even, life. even in small conferences. Like, they played Utah State, and he, he couldn't drop back and throw. He had no receivers as well. And you say inaccuracy, but it's like, I don't know if it's totally inaccuracy because he never felt comfortable in the pocket throwing the football. I love the prototypical 6'5 guy that's got a big arm because in talking to Rex Grossman, I, I've always kind of known this, but Rex said, I knew where the check down was. I just couldn't he Didn't want to throw it. No, he
0: didn't. Oh. I just couldn't, couldn't I just couldn't. I just couldn't see it. What he had a blind spot for the checkdown? Yeah, it was called six foot tall. Oh, I get it. Right, because he wasn't tall enough. Well, so, so if
1: you can't move perfectly in the pocket, it's hard to see the checkdown. I think Josh Rosen has the best career Josh of Allen. Or Josh Allen of the of the three that we've mentioned so far. Do
0: you worry that teams are squinting too hard to see another Carson Wentz and Josh Allen because of the geography and the non Power Five school? I think that they'll see. I think big that they'll see the, the, the way
1: he's been coached. Well, he, he his offensive coordinator at Wyoming was.
0: Carson Wentz's offensive coordinator right. in, in the Dakotas. So Copycat league and a league that oftentimes crosses its fingers and wishes on things. He was actually like they more wish. athletic than I thought of the combine. I think he ran in the 4-7 Allen was Allen ran faster than Baker Mayfield at the combine. That brings us to Baker Mayfield. I think he's a douchebag. I wouldn't touch him. <laughs> But, again, I'm a guy on the couch. Now, I think he's crazy competitive. I think he loves football. I think he's actually really smart. Uh, you know,
1: seeing him interact with the rest of the quarterbacks at the combine, he was kind of the dude at the combine. Okay. He was the guy that everyone went to. Well, he had I the don't Karate, karate Kid bandana. I know. I don't. Ah, karate Kid. He said to me, we were talking at the combine, and he said, yeah, I did the stretching thing where I ended up being an inch taller after all the stretches. <laughs> and then Alan said. An well, inch? And Alan said, did you do it before you did your measurements? He said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how I like. You, I like. How would you stretch
0: yourself an inch taller? Hang by the neck. That's the only way. The only way you could get taller would be in the neck, unless you're stretching. Your I don't whole know. Body hips. I don't know. Something like that. Hips don't like. Alright, so forget what I think personality wise of Mayfield. Can he play? He's Small.
1: He's he's crazy competitive. He's really accurate. He played in a system where I think he had a lot going on. Uh, with play action and, and with different run action and stuff. and so Can he had a lot like of Russell Wilson? He no, he's not Russell Wilson. Not? And the difference is his scrambling is, is good, but he scrambles forward in the A-gaps when he doesn't have anything available. Russell scrambles because, like Rex Grossman, he can't see what he's got. And he, when he can't see what he's got, his scrambling ability is like outside of the pocket, 20 yards deep, bouncing all over the field. That's not Baker Mayfield. He's okay. not that fast. He doesn't have that type of elusiveness. I don't think he throws that well on the move. So his scrambling that you see is like this innate lateral quickness where he's making a guy miss at five yards after after he left the A gaps. He'll have to be a guy that develops a a really good short passing game and understands concepts underneath and can get to the checkdown. He won't
0: scramble like he he did in college in the NFL. He's just not going to. He's, I also that, I also on Baker Mayfield I apply a massive discount for anyone coming out of that league because their stats and their production are so distorted. Kind of like what we're seeing with Piron. You know I mean Piron was massively productive there, but. That doesn't matter. Not coming out of the Big 12. Hey, good good for you. You had a 400-yard rushing game at Oklahoma. Like The <laughs> right. offensive line is the best in the world. You're playing um, outdoor arena football. You know, this is different in the yeah. NFL. Okay, finally, Lamar Jackson. So,
1: the, everyone hates this because I say Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic, unbelievable, game-changing slash player, running back receiver. Watch him run the ball as dead-set quarterback runs and – Hop step, lateral cut one two, a guy in the hole, oh yeah, as a quarterback, it's Silly. unbelievable. The biggest problem that n f l coaches are having right now or the one of the biggest issues or concerns is there are two things I can do offensively: I can go three by one, three receivers to one side, or I yeah. go two-by-two two because your tight end's got to be on the ball and your X's got to be on the ball. One way or another, you got to have one guy on the ball on either side of the field.
0: When you say so got to, by rule by rule, by there has to be okay. a, t-
1: a guy on the ball on the right got side it. and a guy on the ball on the left side. Got, got it? Got to do that schematically. On the so ball, defense on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so defense has set their front and their strength and their safeties to two-by-two two or three-by-one. And how are you getting to two-by-two two or three-by-one? And so now every safety is not only a strong or, – or not just a strong and a free, they're, they're rotating so you're saying, like, how can I make their strong play free? How can I decide where their nickel's going to play? And it's a lot of 11 personnel. Right. How can I say this is their strength? All of a sudden, you get all this jet sweep action, this back across the field, this backfield action. Some of the backs just shifting and stuff. And when you get a guy, he, he didn't run the forty, but I guarantee you, he runs a four 40 Oh no, it's he's Jackson. the first
0: guy I can remember that didn't run the forty because he knew he was going to kill him. <laughs> he didn't run the forty because like, he he like I do not want to put this out there. And what I think with you know Jackson, there's, an, there's a counterproductive, unfortunate racial argument going on here about how it used to be with quarterbacks being shuffled out of playing the position, black quarterbacks. That doesn't exist anymore. You can go back through all the other black quarterbacks drafted high in the draft. That shit is dead. And there's some people in the media that just don't want to accept that fact. So that's an unproductive argument. I think what would scare me as a football coach is if you're a quarterback with his skill set and you're under pressure, you can do one of two things, stand and find a guy or run for your life. If you can run, your tendency will be to run. And that's just hardwired into how you play the game because the game's so fast. The biggest knock I have on Lamar Jackson
1: right now is throws that he misses. Number one reads that he turns down because he doesn't want to throw the ball or he doesn't see it in the timing that he sees it. And his um, his like technique-wise... He's, he's crazy. He's got a pr- crazy passing technique. Long Missing, motion, I hear. Yeah, long, weird. Narrow Squares base. his hips to the line of scrimmage when he throws. Missing throws. Like, I watched him throw a speed out in timing, two yards behind the uh, receiver running the out route for a pick six. Like, you can't miss that, though. That's a timing throw that you can't mix, miss. And so, it's almost like you're saying, like, golf. Like no, There's one Bubba Watson who's got this crazy swing that... Right, it works. He's the but exception. You want the guy to the that you can say this is what this is what this will produce. This is what this motion will produce. And Jackson misses a lot of throws underneath. Yeah. He's a great deep ball thrower, not good anticipation, not a good underneath thrower. And you're saying in the NFL, like we, we can't just throw deep balls. Like they're going to play covers to deep <laughs> right. balls. You got to be able to play. You got to be able to throw in the short game. The, that said, if you wanted to develop be, him, yeah. if he were a guy that could sit for a couple years, that's one thing. But the backup quarterback doesn't get reps. You get training camp, you get preseason, right. and then you get scout team. Right. And I don't see him as the day one starter. but the NFL's evolving. So if he were to go to, for example, Cleveland and they took Saquon Barkley as well, now you got this RPO stuff where you got this read option stuff and your one read is wide open. Like Robert Griffin's first year here. He hit the 12-yard speed in route off a of play action was that, 83 was, times. Was we was called that it drift. drift. Yeah. 83 times for over 1,100 yards. One route, oh, and, one concept. And 88 was killed it third, for us. Was a third yes. of his passing numbers.
0: Oh, I know. And that then opened up holes for uh, Alfred Morris, and he ran through them like you know, he was alone on an eight-lane highway. It was fun times. It didn't last. I think Lamar Jackson will get drafted. I think he'll be, like, mid-first round, and I think that's a justified risk if you can make him into a pro passer. I think all the discussion of, like, how dare he not go in the top five, that's bullshit, you know? Desmond Howard, who's black, said to me at the Army-Navy game two years ago, he'll be a good wide receiver in the NFL. Point blank. Desmond fucking Howard said that. Well, Desmond fucking right? Howard
1: was a terrible wide
0: receiver in the NFL. So <laughs> I know. How hell right? does he know maybe maybe his, and, and that was before Jackson's second year at Louisville where he did move the needle on a number of right. things to be a better pro quarterback prospect. He could be so versatile as whatever you wanted him to be, and he could also be
1: a guy that's on the field, and maybe he develops into quarterback. I wouldn't take quarterback out of him, but I would just want to know if
0: I took him in the first round that he would do anything for me. He could be a red zone terror. He could be a first could be a, goal anything nightmare. Terror right it could be in anything terror right but you use you, like you get down in the red zone you bring him in and you go okay here you go red zone first and goal at the six tough spot because very tight hard to pass it in nobody runs it in on three plays from the six right i just so
1: so much of the nfl now is so timing or, organized and, and so cut the field in half make your one read make get the ball out of your hands to something underneath so we set a lot up with the passing game I, he's got to grow a long he's got to grow a, a lot in, in that, yeah. and you don't have the time to develop. Like if you're a tight end that's drafted in the sixth round, you might play third tight end, but you're taking all those reps in practice. You're getting game reps. If he's not the starter, he's not getting game reps. He's not developing. It's tough. He's yeah. he's super boomer bust
0: as quarterback. All right, I'll end with this story. I, I think I told it on the air, uh, but if you've heard it before, just bear with me on this. Cooley for years is bugging me to see his favorite movie, Zulu. <laughs> And you said Zoolander was such a prized movie in your collection that if your house was on fire, you could run in and locate the disc within 90 seconds. And you didn't believe that at all. I didn't believe that at all, and you were saying, you got to see it, got to see it, got to see it. And so finally you brought the DVD in and said, go home and watch this. And so I brought it home and didn't watch it for many months at a time. I forget how long. Finally put it in one time, watched it, and I was like, <laughs> came back to the show and I said, Coolie, you owe me an hour and a half of my life back because <laughs> that movie was terrible. you got to watch but it But secretly kind of liked it. So there I was this past uh, February in South Africa, you know, 3,000, no, not 3,000, 20,000 miles away, 10,000 miles away in South Africa on a game drive in Kampama, you know, game reserve, and our our guide, Cornet, South African boy, born and raised. We're watching these animals, and always the animals are kind of hiding sometimes behind bushes, or they're walking, or whatever. And we're all trying to get photos. And at one point, one of the animals—I forget what it was—zebra, giraffe, lion, whatever. He says, Cornet says, "Come on, baby, give me the blue steel." And I just said. Zoolander, and he turned around, and he had this big smile, and I said, damn it, I'm so glad Cooley made me watch that movie. We started talking Zoolander the rest of the game drive. How hilarious is that? He was telling the animals to give the signature look from Ben Stiller, blue steel for the cameras. It's just one of those movies
1: that's really not a good movie, but you have to watch because the pop culture of it. and the yeah. that, like If you haven't watched
0: Anchorman, you're going to miss out on jokes that you hear in life. But there's Tier 1 movies like Talladega Nights, Anchorman, and others. Tier 1 quote movies you have to see. Then the Tier 2s include Zoolander, Step Brothers, uh, a couple others in that sort of second category. I even saw Zoolander 2 because I felt the it was, need. It was super bad. Of course it was. <laughs> but I felt the need to complete the series. But and isn't there a Zoolander 3 out? I don't know. Did they ever make a Zoolander? But it's break? one of those things. Like we were
1: watching baseball last night, and Bryce Harper's got this weird sliding glove. It looks like a kitten mitten. It's a <laughs> mitten. He wears a, a – it's literally – it's a mitten that he wears on one hand. You – also, I know they made these now in baseball. It's the
0: stupidest thing ever. My Ty said, Cobb never had that my, shit. He didn't
1: need it. This, this is what my buddy says to me. What does he think he is? Who does he think he is? J.P. Pruitt? Who was the hand model from Zoolander? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I got it immediately. J.P.
0: Pruitt. Here's uh, the last. Yeah. Here's, I'll,
1: I'll end with the story from okay. this. The the disc, after you brought it back, sat like on my TV stand or whatever because I just didn't put it away. My, didn't you harangue my, me for the my, disc back for a while? No. I thought you did. I no. thought No. Like, I'm not that kind of person. Okay. You could have kept it. Okay. I could just get it on Amazon for
0: free. Yeah, you know, what? Um, my, my old co-host, Andy, harangued me for a Joe DiMaggio biography book back that I never read. He's like, yep, still haven't given me the book back. Did you just uh, call me Andy? No, I didn't call you Andy. But I, I was, love. I, I know. I love him, too. But I, yeah, I remember he would harangue me about it. I'm like, bro, it's in my fucking house. Relax. It's not going anywhere.
1: It sat there forever. My daughter was three. She said one morning, like, this is what I want to watch. It almost nothing plays DVDs, so we got like the (laughs) old old Xbox 360 out. put it in. She gets like ten minutes in. She says, "I don't like this movie. This is not a kid movie." (laughs) I can't believe I let her watch it. But was Zoolander R rated? rated? Oh yeah. Okay, I think so. I think it might have been. I don't know. That was always my Robert Griffin.
0: If he could only turn left. If he, (laughs) that's right. You gotta gotta be able to go to your left. left. Cooley, thanks for the extra time. You're coming over tomorrow to take down the goalposts at Yohu I Field, a brutish physical activity, as Kevin Sheehan, your partner, would say, physical. We're going to do it in six minutes. So, thank God, because my arthritic hands and arms can't get those things down. We'll put it away for the year, and we'll put it up next fall. Fuck. We'll end with this today. That FBI college basketball bribery case, well, it's starting to run off the rails just a little bit. Now an attorney for one agent, one street agent, who uh, who allegedly paid a player's family to attend Louisville, has had all the charges against him dropped, just dropped out of the blue. Why? Why would they do this all of a sudden? Well, it turns out the street agent, a guy by the name of Brad Augustine, pocketed the money that the FBI informant gave to him to then give to the recruit and or his family, to go to Louisville. Can't go to jail for bribing athletes if you never give them the money. Am I right? Augustine was sort of a, a low-level guy. Had nothing but traffic tickets and such to his name in terms of a criminal record. But was grifting. You know, he was trying to make some money any way he could. So an undercover FBI agent comes to him, gives him a bunch of cash, and says, I want you to steer this player to Louisville. I forget the player's name. But it doesn't really matter. Well, suddenly they bust him, and now this guy, Augustine, is facing wire fraud charges and more, totaling up to possibly 80 years in prison. Oh, shit. Well, his ace in the hole, it turns out, was that he was actually scamming the FBI guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to give this money to him? Yeah, sure. Right, no problem. Going right to his family. I'll make sure to run it over there tonight. <laughs> Sucker. Pocketed the money. And just sort of let it die there. Now there's another guy, uh, an Adidas executive by the name of Jim Gatto, who was going to send 150 grand to another player's family to deliver that kid to Miami. He's still facing a bunch of charges from the FBI. Well, guess what Jim Gatto and his lawyer are saying? They're like, look, open up that Augustine case, and I want to know all the transcripts, all the interviews, all the details, because we think this guy Augustine... While he was scamming you, the FBI, by pocketing your money, that he was trying to scam my client, the Adidas guy, for 150 grand that he was also never going to deliver to the kids. Now, if your middleman never actually delivers cash that you intended to bribe somebody to deliver that guy to a school, have you committed a crime then if the money never materializes? I guess that's a question for the feds. And maybe a question someday for a jury. But if you ask me, this is looking more and more like a real-life version of Get Shorty. As somewhere, Ricky Patino sits unemployed with a lonely whistle around his neck, just stewing in his own bitterness. That'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Tell even more friends after that. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, and more. And as my friend Gary Braun just said on Twitter, go home, Winter. You're drunk. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. At Kroger, fresh groceries are our thing. So we
1: check your delivery order for freshness at every step from farm to store and pick and pack every veggie in your free pickup order with care because we treat your food the way we'd want ours to be treated. We're fresh every day, so shop anyway. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.